Sippin' six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother. The Savachi syndrome, I'm telling you, I'm s- like, well, holy shit, that was crazy. <laughs> What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Moto Aftermath Show, presented by TLR Codings. I'm here alone. Justin decided he was going to bail out last second. Had some stuff going on. I can't really fault him. Um, he's getting ready to start a new company with a friend of his, so he has a lot on his plate um, and a couple things that slipped his mind he needed to get done today so that he could be ready for the next couple weeks. They're gonna be pretty busy for him, have no fear. He is supposed to be back in studio with me next week for Buds, and but Iron Man, I will probably be rapping by myself. Um, but I am trying, trying to get a media pass for Iron Man. Um, so there's a good possibility I could be at the actual Ironman race. Um, uh, maybe I'll do the show down there. I'm not really sure yet. We'll, we'll have to see. I just kind of have come into this whole, well, maybe I'll do that in the last two and a half hours. Um, uh, but anyway, so thanks for tuning in. We are wrapping up Unadilla, which was a mother. It was a mother. Let's face it. Uh, it rained on and off all morning up until I think the second 450 moto, it kind of stopped raining. And by the second 250 moto, it wasn't raining at all. Other than that, typical Unadilla track, they didn't really make any big changes. There was one little minor change that Grant was pointing out on the broadcast, but I guess I don't know the track well enough to really know exactly what was done with it. So, um... So yeah, so other than that, I mean, it was a uh, it was a sloppy mess first motos for everyone, and um, it was funny because there was a lot of pit stops uh, in both first motos uh, for goggle changes, a lot of roll off failures, which I thought was interesting. Uh, not something you really see a lot. Obviously, people don't run roll offs all the time, and when they do, they usually work pretty well. So I thought that was pretty interest interesting that you had Eli's roll offs failed, and so did Marv's. Um, but, oh my gosh, I forgot all the paperwork stuff. So, uh, thanks for tuning in, obviously. And, um, if you want to follow us on Facebook, I've been posting up a lot of different stuff on there. Um, I have had a couple of people comment on, hey, you know, you guys are doing great, but make sure you keep pressing forward. And don't worry, we are pressing forward. We have some more stuff coming down the tubes. I'm hoping next year is going to be a pretty big year for us. Um, we've got a couple things we're going to work on during the off season here. So this whole studio setup that you see right now is going to be with us through probably Monster Cup. And I'm hoping as we go into Supercross 2019, um, you'll see some changes studio-wise. You'll also see a bunch of changes on the web itself. So um, keep an eye out for that. Like I said, make sure to follow us on Facebook. I'll link it down below. You can follow me on Instagram. I post a bunch of different pictures with all sorts of different stuff um, from moto-related. And then, you know, it's my personal Instagram page, so I post pretty much whatever I want. But when I'm at the races or doing something with a bike, it's on there. When I have updates to the show, it's going to be on there for right now. So... That's where you can find us there. 
Um, don't also don't forget we have a podcast. It is on iTunes and SoundCloud. So um, again, hopefully once we go into off season and have some more time when we're not doing shows every week, I can dedicate some more time to actually um, getting those podcasts on all of the platforms. But again, here I am. You know, time is money and. I have to earn some of it, and this isn't earning any right now. So, uh, <laughs> so anyway, so we do have it on those two platforms, so I know everybody can listen to them if you don't have time to watch the show. However, if you do, that's awesome, too. And make sure to please like, subscribe, and comment on YouTube because I do comment back. I get on there usually every Wednesday, go through all the comments. If I see something interesting, hmm, <sighs> If I see something interesting the rest of the week, I will uh, jump on and comment and stir the pot a little bit. And like I said, on Facebook, I'm posting stuff all the time, announcements and things that aren't necessarily breaking news from us. You know, sometimes Racer X breaks it, Trans World breaks it, comes across my Facebook feed in that manner, and I just repost it, you know. I always try to give credit, and I'm not scared to do that because, let's face it, we're their industry insiders. We are not. We just kind of... Try to take everything that's out there because we do follow it so close and we try to bring it to you guys all in one package so you're not having to go to Transworld and RacerX and all through your Facebook feed and through your Instagram feed and on Vital and everything else in between. Um, so we try to keep it all, all in one place there. Um, and I guess before we jump into really talking about the motos and, and the racing, a um, couple big events this week uh number one let's talk a little designations so first off you had team france was announced and the most noticeable thing marv is not on the team which is kind of a big middle finger to marv now again as we go through this most of you know i'm not a marv fan necessarily i think he's a super nice guy i don't have any ill will towards him or anything necessarily bad to say about him but i'm just not a fan of his you know i'm more of a tomac roxon guy so okay fine but you have them leaving him off. Huge middle finger to him. Huge. How are you going to pick Roman Fevra, who is barely a top five guy in the GPs this year, to ride at Redbud over him? I don't, I don't, it, it blows my mind. It blows my mind. They are so mad at him because of him passing up riding for the team a couple of years, I guess, that now they're just forget it he's done and they can't even use the excuses because he's in american rides american tracks all the time because they picked ferrandez for it for the 250 spots so it's basically a situation of they don't like him and i don't think to be real honest i think marv could win a title in the 450 class and just be completely dominating and you still would not see him on a designations team for france i don't think so I heard someone make a comment that, hey, yeah, we should throw him on the Puerto Rican team since he technically, I think, has his American citizenship. I mean, that would be cool. But if you haven't seen the news, the Puerto Rican team's already picked two. And <laughs> uh, I don't, when Justin told me what the Puerto Rican team was, I, I didn't believe him. Plain and simple, I did not believe that they were actually going to do this. I didn't believe Giuseppe and all the guys with Ustream and MXGP were going to allow this to happen. But our Puerto Rican team for the 2018 Motocross Des Nations, Travis Pastrana, Ronnie Mack, and Ryan Sipes. 
Now, I love what they're doing with this for the entertainment value. You've got TP199 coming out of retirement to race. How's he going to do? Who knows? You've got Ronnie Mack, who again is an old washed up racer. How's he going to do? I don't know. Then you've got Ryan Sipes, and Sipes obviously has proved he is a, uh, a top 20, 250 guy here, so he can actually ride. I'm not too concerned about that. It's the other two that I'm kind of like, uh, you know, and how big a show is Ronnie going to put on? Are, is Ronnie going to wear normal Ronnie attire? Is he going to ride a 98CR250? I, I don't know. Now, I do like the fact that they're doing it all, they're, all the proceeds for all the merch, the documentary thing they're doing, all this stuff is going towards helping Puerto Rico uh, recover, because I guess Puerto Rico is still pretty jacked up from the hurricanes last year. Um, I think that's great. I'm going to get on and buy some merch. Um, you know, if the documentary comes out and it's 10 bucks or whatever on iTunes, I'm going to buy one. Of, uh, I'll buy it. Ooh, sorry. I'll buy that too. Um, you know, I like the cause. The cause is great. I've heard that they're going to send, um, Pastrana's guy Hubert down there and try to buy a tractor or a dozer or something to try to get some of the tracks back in order down there. So I think what they're doing with that is great, but I don't, I don't know. Are they going to make the show or are they just there as a side show? I, that's where I struggle. It's like, I don't know if they're going to make the show, you know? Um, for a while, I know there was talk of the Puerto Rican team was going to be something like Anderson, Baggett, and maybe Osborne or something like that, but I don't think Anderson's riding yet, to be real honest. I've heard he is, but I'm, I haven't really heard a lot about it, so I, I don't know if he's riding or how well he's riding. His injury might be worse off than we thought, and he might not, because he was supposed to try to come back this week and, and race, but... I don't know, and I haven't heard anything really for Buds. Then you have Osborne is only going to be riding like two weeks before Designation, so that would be cutting it close. And obviously Baggett's had his struggles, so who knows what's going on with that. But I don't know. I don't. I don't know how I feel about that team. Like I feel about. I feel great about the team because it's awesome. I think it's going to be a great show. But how are they actually going to do results-wise? Who knows? And then of course we have the Team USA picks, which we had. Tomac, Barsha, and AP, which really is now no shock to anybody. Um, they have to be the favorites going into Dis Nations with Netherlands and France a close second. Um, I mean, there's not really a whole lot to say about that. We've been pretty much calling this for weeks and weeks and weeks if that was what the team was going to be. And no surprise, that's what it is. So that's pretty much our Dis Nations talk. Um, We'll get more into that with our Disnations pre-show, which will probably be out a week or two before the actual race. Um, the only other thing I could think of that we need to talk about before we jump into the motos, can we talk about that uh, Will Christensen pit reporter they have now and how good she looked in that hat with her hair braided? Because, damn girl, slide into these DMs. Yeah, she was looking good yesterday in the mud. We had our mutters all the time, so she had to wear the hat and, and the ponytail like that. But anyway, let's jump in to 450s here. Okay, let's jump into 450s here. 
Um, so 450 Moto 1, the 450s went first yesterday. They were on NBC, the big NBC network. So, um, so the routine was switched up. So they were up first. So first moto, obviously it's downpouring rain. It's muddy. It's a mud, full blown mudder. And we're like, all right, here we go. Drake, uh, gate drops and boom, Dylan Merriam, whole shot, leads the first lap, privateer Husky out front. Fantastic to see really like. As he's coming around to lead the first lap, I'm sitting in my chair watching going, holy shit, how many laps is this guy going to lead, you know? Because it's a mutter. Anything could happen. At that point, you know, you're going, is he going to win the race? Is he, you know, is he really going to do that? Um, however, it was not to be. He got passed up pretty good and then got dropped. Uh, I don't remember exactly where he ended up, but it was, uh, I think it was inside the top 20. I think he I think he faded like 16 or something. I don't know. But anyway, um, but it, it was super cool to see. I love when I see when we see that kind of stuff. Um, and especially when you have, like I said, in a day like yesterday where it was a mutter and anything could happen. And quite literally, he could have gone out and won that race. And it really would have been one of those things that would have been awesome to see. But it, deep down, it really wouldn't have shocked me to my core. I would have just been like, it's a mutter or whatever, you know. So, um, so that was cool to see. And then you had Tomac comes out, goggle problems early, as we already kind of talked about, uh, roll-offs failed, comes in, quick pit stop. I mean, those boys were boom on it. He rolled in, boom, boom, goggles on him, and off he went. Um, and he was, Eli was on a mission that first moto. He was on a mission to win. He was going faster than anyone. He was attacking harder than anyone. He was there to embrace the suck and get the win and get out of there with his points and move on to buds. So um, good on him for that. And basically, it was pit stop central that whole first moto. You had every guy who had a spare set of goggles was through the pit lane, um, swapping them out. So that was kind of cool uh, to see. And I mean, Tomac... It was one of those things we were waiting for kind of the pit stops to cycle through, like NASCAR, I guess you'd say. And the fact that he had caught Marv as Marv was going into the pits right there, it was like, okay, he's going to have a, a 6 to 10 second lead and, you know, game over. Like, there's just no way. Marv was not attacking as hard the first moto, so there was no way he was going to get caught and pass there. Um, and, you know, it that's what happened. Tomac dominated the first moto, wins it, Marv comes in second, and Filthy Phil comes in with the third. So awesome to see Phil do good. I was a little nervous. Him and Russell were kind of battling back and forth. I really, I really honestly, when it when it was a mutter, I thought, I, I actually texted the group chat and I said, y'all are ready to see Caleb Russell get on the box today? Because I really thought we were going to see that. Um, and the first moto, it looked pretty positive that we could. I mean, he was battling in that third to sixth place spot a lot. You know, obviously it swapped around a little bit with pit stops and changing goggles and all this stuff. Um, but he ended up sixth in the first moto. So, you know, that was, that was awesome to see. And he actually qualified like 12th on the day, which was good. Um, you know, so he's obviously got some speed. I mean, he rides at Baker's factory with Marv and all them. So he... He knows how to ride moto. He knows how to ride with those guys. You know, obviously putting it down for 30 minutes plus two on a track with 40 other dudes is a little different. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't going to be like a shock if he actually did really, really well. And especially with it being a mutter because he comes from the GNCC. So we thought, okay, cool. That would work. Um, and, uh, yeah, so Phil, though, third overall, New Yorker in New York. 
on the box there for the first moto. That was cool. And then we had the second moto. Um, and the second moto was complete opposite with Marv Tomac. And by this time, the rain had kind of pretty much let up and stopped. So we didn't have any goggle swaps the second moto, really. Um, it was starting to get goat trailed. There was one line that was really dry and everybody was kind of using it. So there wasn't a, like a ton of room for passing. Um, and basically Marv came out, he made a change, he said, and his bike was a whole lot better and off he went and he dominated that second moto, plain and simple. Justin wanted to make sure I told everybody that Marv dominated that second moto. And there is any line. Marv did dominate that second moto. Eli pretty much packed it in for second, got into second. I thought, okay, here we go. We're going to have a battle. We didn't have a battle. He just kind of said, you know what? I'll come out even points. I'm still up 15, which gives me all I got to do is put it in the top 10 to, to maintain leading at all um, with two to go. So he did that. And uh, then we had the Web Barsha battle. And that was awesome. Those two went at it. And Barsha flipping off Webb over the jump. It was it was fantastic. That's the kind of gritty riding we need outdoors, especially. Um, because that's what motocross is about, in my opinion. You know, it's it's a bunch of badass dudes that do something that not a ton of people can do in a way better way than 99% of the people that do it can do. And I thought it was fun. You know, they, I thought it was a rough battle. I thought they, um, but I thought it was clean between the two of them, you know, and Barsha ended up getting the better of it. Uh, got on the box and that put him for fourth overall after a rough first moto. Second moto for like Russell didn't go well. He knifed the front going through, a right-handed sweeper, and I guess from what I've heard on the interviews, he kind of augered himself in the ground, and his rear wheel came up and, like, slammed his funny bone, made his whole left arm go numb. So he was sitting there holding his arm, and I was like, oh, boy, he's hurt. This isn't good for his GNCC thing. Um, but he's like, he ended up finishing out. He, he said he was fine. He's just, uh, like he said, his whole arm went numb for a second, and um, saying he got the wind knocked out of him. So he went 630 for 13th overall on the day. Uh, Kenny had a real kind of eh day, but he, as he said in his interview, he hasn't rode a mutter since probably at least 15, if not before. Um, so 7-7 on the day. The first moto for Kenny was really, really rough. He was down multiple, multiple times in the mud, in the rain, and that's never fun. Um, Baggett goes 5-6 for fifth overall. Phil, 3-5 for third overall. So he, overall on the box. So awesome. I wonder if he went over and told JGR to suck it because <laughs> he let him go to Husky and now he gets a over or gets on the box overall. Um, but that's the kind of weird stuff that happens when it rains. You know, normal day there. Do I see Phil going three five? No, I see him going maybe like a like a five five six five eight something like that for like fourth fifth overall something. Not not quite on the box, but right in the mix. Um, and then obviously you have Marv gets the overall with a two one. Tomac second with a one two. And like I said, the points, same, even in and out. So nothing real wild. One more note, Tamita went 10-9 for 10th overall. So that was pretty good, which technically should because he is a factory rider. He pits out a Honda HRC truck. Honda is backing him 100% as far as I know because they're just grooming him here to go over to Japan when the guy who's, I can't remember his name, but the guy who dominates in Japan when he retires, Tamita's supposed to go there and dominate. So 
I don't know. We'll see. Um, so overall, it was a. I mean, it was an okay day in the 450s. The racing action was pretty okay. The points are exactly the same coming in as they are going out. Um, I do think, uh, so Barsha got a little bit ahead of Kenny, I think, in the points, because they were tied going in for third. Um, so obviously with Barsha getting the better of the uh, overall finishes, I think he's a little bit ahead. But again, I kind of factor that into the mud and Kenny had a rough day. So if we have a pretty even up next two rounds here, like uh, like normal tracks, I think Kenny I think Kenny's gonna end up third overall for the year. Um unless again we have mudders. So that could always throw a monkey wrench in here. You never really know what the weather's gonna do. Um But yeah, that's pretty much all I have for four fifties. Sorry, I don't have more anyone to bounce stuff off. Let's move on to two fifties. Okay, two fifties. Um, interesting day to say the least. So two fifty first moto. Uh, Mosman gets the whole shot and leads for two three laps. I want to say he led for a while. And I was like, wow, kid's doing it in the mud. Um, then he goes down. <laughs> and basically, the first 250 moto was a shit show. There were crashes absolutely everywhere due to the mud, due to the conditions. Um, so it really was just a just a huge shit show everywhere. Um, but ended up, Ferrandez pulled off the win. Uh, AP came home second. And Ferrandez was pretty much on a mission yesterday to win. Shane, late in the moto, um, I thought Harrison was going to get third, late in the moto, gets Harrison, comes in third, and then Harrison fourth, and Sexton rounds out the top five. Sexton's season of just scratching your head continues. I mean, it doesn't seem to matter what the conditions are or whatever. He is like a five to eight dude all the time in what we thought was going to be a, a top five dude week in week out on the box more often than not so um other than that i mean everyone else it would like i said it was such a shit show that first moto for the 250s that it was everybody was down up down up crashing off the track on the track it was just it there, there was no rhyme or reason i mean it could have very easily gone a completely different way um but as i said frenchie was there to win Basically, I am a little shocked that Plessinger didn't do better, but Plessinger just had his kid. Congratulations, by the way, AP, if you see this. Uh, Plessinger just had his first kid this week, um, so I know there was probably some other things on his mind other than the race, you know, which is acceptable. That that happens, you know. For anyone who wants to sit here and say, well, he should just be completely focused on racing, dude, you go to your job and be completely focused because I guarantee you you're not. I guarantee you that you are on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, freaking texting your friends, whatever. You're not focused for the entire time you're there, okay? Now, granted, these guys are professional athletes. They're supposed to be better than us. That's fine. But, dude, if the guy's mind's not 100% on it and he's still pulling off a second in the mud in shitty conditions like that, do get on him. So, either way, he came in with a points lead, went out with more points lead than he went in with, so whatever. Second 250 moto, um, a little more interesting due to the fact of it wasn't quite so sloppy, so there wasn't as many crashes or anything. And actually, the battle we had up front was awesome. So, McAdoo, whole shots and leads. 
and he's been talking all year. If I can just get a start, it, I just want to see what I can do if I get a start. Well, he got a start. He led laps. Um, it was great. And, you know, m minor mistake tip over, which really, it it was happening. To, I mean, dude, the first moto, freaking Fernandez hit the fence, you know? So it's like, whatever. Um, so it happens, you know, but he did whole shot and lead, which is good for his stock. Made his stock go up a little bit, I think. Um, and then when he had his problem, Harrison takes over the lead and... Once Harrison takes over the lead, he's leading, 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 and I'm going, ooh, buddy, are we going to see Harrison win a moto? Because this would be awesome. He's a Michigan boy, so we obviously root for him. Uh, Justin's got some pretty close ties with him because Justin used to help him out back in the day with doing some mechanic work. So I'm like, all right, cool. Like, maybe he'll maybe he'll pull off a win. That's cool. He needs this. You know, he hasn't had a great, great year. He's been okay, but not great. Um, and then he runs into a lapper in a corner, uh, small little tip over, and again, this is something, I don't blame the lappers, man, it was such a shitty day, if you got outside that main line, the second moto, it was kind of garbage everywhere, because it was just sloppy from the rain earlier, so, it happens, you know, it, it, there really wasn't, there, wa there wasn't anything, any problem with that, it, it was just a circumstance, um, so he tips over, and Ferendez inherits the lead, and off he goes with AP in hot pursuit. Uh, but again, AP had nothing for him. AP actually passed him at one point, and Ferendez got him back pretty handily um, in the same corner that everyone else had been getting him on the inside. He went inside, got them. So Ferendez goes 1-1 on the day, and super stoked. And so now we have the French go you know, win both classes. That was kind of neat. We haven't seen that since Supercross. Uh, AP 2-2 and seemed really stoked for Ferrandez, but that's nothing new because A, they're teammates, and B, AP is stoked for everyone all the time anyway. Even when he's like 7-8 on the day, he's stoked for whoever wins. Um, Harrison brings up third, rounds off the box for the day for the overall with a 4-4, which was super awesome because he hasn't been on the box for an overall. He had a third at Redbud last year in a race, um, in a moto, but he hasn't actually had an overall and he seemed pretty stoked even though he was 4-4 on the day and probably should have and could have won that second moto um, He Great job for him. And like I said, he was he was stoked on that. So you can tell Savachi 7-3 um, You know another okay day not great, not awful just kind of there again I think I'm with Justin that he doesn't really care about the 250 class anymore he's just kind of there to finish the year and get on his 450 ride next year which i'll be interested to see what we hear from i've got a bunch of rumors and have a pretty strong idea of where he's going but i don't know for sure uh sexton 5.8 for fifth overall on the day again top five overall okay but from what we were expecting out of him yeah, i don't know uh, and then the other kind of big surprise overall on the day that was, uh, we'll call it a downer surprise, Justin Cooper, 11-6. So rough day, which I thought was a little weird because, as we all know, he made his debut here last year at Unadilla. He's from the New York area, and he was on the box last year. I think he won that moto? I don't remember. No, I think he was just on the box. But still, on the box for his first ever pro race at Dilla in the mud, and now this year he goes 11-6 in his eighth overall. So it's kind of like, hey, having an off day, I guess. But, um, I mean, AP comes in with like 
56, 50, 59 point lead. Leaves with a 76 point lead because Amart just had a day from hell and couldn't keep it on two wheels to save his life. Um, so now we're looking at as long as AP finishes ahead of Amart next week at Bud's the first moto, he will wrap the title. So, which is bad news for everyone because once he wraps it and he doesn't have to feel any pressure anymore. Ooh. Ooh. So, um, so that title should be wrapped up. I think the 450 title is going to go down to the last moto. Unless something happens to Marv next week, I think that title is going to go down to the last moto at Indiana. There's there's just no two ways about it. It's it's going to be a, a last moto situation, basically. So, um, yeah, overall, it was a fairly entertaining day. It was a mud race, so that was obviously exciting. We're on to Bud's Creek. Um, as far as Bud's Creek goes, I... My picks for the race, I'm going to go with Tomac and Marv split wins. I think it's going to be another 1-2-2-1, one, two, two, one, and I don't know which is going to win first and second, but I think that's how that's going to go. As far as the 250s go, um, I could see Ferrandez winning the first moto, um, and then I think after that it's going to be the AP show because he's not he not going to have any pressure. So at that point, it's time to ride, boys and he's gonna just let loose and away we're gonna go so um so yeah so that's basically how i see it marvin eli split motos in the 450s and as far as the 250s go i think ferrandez wins and then i think um i think ap wins the last three to be real honest with you so this has been another episode of the moto aftermath show presented by tlr coatings so thanks for tuning in don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment here on the YouTube channel. If you can't watch the YouTube channel, you don't have time, listen to us on the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure to click links down in the descriptions below. Uh, there's all sorts of links to t-shirts and Amazon deals and uh, Patreon if you want to support the channel. Every little bit helps, and we much appreciate it. And we will see everyone next week after Bud's Creek.